Thank you for listening to BMO Business Unplanned. If you liked today's episode and would like more information, you can download the ebook for the show. Today's ebook is all about economic trends. Get started and stay in the know today. Download your free ebook at bmo.com slash economic trends or check the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to Business Unplanned, a business podcast brought to you by BMO. I'm Michael Hyatt, and this is part one of a four-part series entitled, How to Work On, Not In Your Business. This audio comes from our virtual event held on June 7th, 2022. In this episode, I'll be discussing how the landscape currently looks for businesses and how they have been impacted. I will be joined by Robert Kavsik, Director and Senior Economist from BMO Capital Markets. We'll be talking about economic trends that impact businesses and how they can get ahead. For additional resources, you can always visit bmo.com slash smallbusinessresourcehub. Hello and welcome everyone to this very special live stream event, How to Work on Your Business, Not in Your Business, presented by BMO. My name is John Davids and I'll be your moderator for this session. We have an engaging discussion and Q&A planned over the next 90 minutes. We received a lot of questions leading up to the event. We'll be answering as many of them as we can during the session. If you have questions, please feel free to put them into the live chat area on your screen. We'll get to them if we can. Before I introduce our speakers, I want to let you know that if you enjoy great business content like this, please check out the BMO Resource Hub by going to bmo.com slash smallbusinessresourcehub. Here you'll find insightful articles, videos, and other resources that can help you grow your business, help through crisis planning, establishing your marketing strategy, and more. We have an accomplished panel of speakers joining us a little later, and I'll tell you about them right now. We have Robert Kavsik, Director and Senior Economist at BMO Capital Markets, Iman Masood, an Executive Human Resources Relationship Manager at ADP, Dana Leeson, Director and Controller at Moneris, and Sharad Sharma, a Client Solutions Manager at Meta, working across Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, and he's going to be sharing a lot with us. Sharad is actually filling in for Marina, who wasn't able to make it today. But first, before our panelists, I will introduce you to our keynote speaker, Michael Hyatt. Many of you will know Michael. He's a very accomplished entrepreneur, an active investor, advisor, board member, philanthropist, and a real catalyst in the Canadian business community. Michael's the host of the podcast Business Unplanned, which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. And with that, let's kick off how to work on your business, not in your business, presented by BMO. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Hyatt. Well, thanks, John. It's uh, great to be here and great to see everybody coming together to talk about the world of business right now. It is such an interesting time. So many extraordinary things are happening right now. And I hope in this time together, we can talk about some really practical things we could be thinking about to make our businesses better. I want to start with a bit of an historical look. I was just thinking back to being a CEO for a very long time, and I've been through a number of very difficult moments. I'm going to dial you back to the year 2000, March 2000, 2001 crash. It was very interesting when the dot-com bubble burst. And when it broke down, it was kind of like the internet was over. And back then, there was only 80 million broadband subscribers on the planet. So there wasn't really that much commerce. There was a lot of hype. There was a lot of froth. There were tons of companies starting websites, but no money, no profits, nothing. It was a lot of euphoria. And that actually went away. But what didn't go away were the good companies that had real businesses like Amazon, like Cisco, a lot of the big companies that actually made it, that had real comp- businesses and moved on. And that crash in itself was very, very painful for tech. It took many, many years for the NASDAQ to hit that peak again, over 10 years to come back. The next crash, and I was a CEO then, was 2008. That crash was completely different. It was a general liquidity crash with the banks, and it kind of 
brought everybody down. All assets came down, you know, gold and stocks and bonds and everything came down in unison. And that liquidity crisis was held up by the US Fed, Mitch like in 2001, stepping in and helping to reflate the economy. And there's a lot of maybe people saying they put too much in or what have you, but they did about $700 billion, a kind of a relative amount of money to stimulate the economy in 08, 09. By 2011, the economy came back. But in that time, great companies were born. Great companies are born in recessions like Shopify was born in 2009. Some of the greatest companies come out of these times of trouble and these times of change. And then liquidity came back into the market. And actually we had a very, very, very long bull run till no one really saw what coming in 2020, which was the next kind of crash was of course the problem with the pandemic, which shut down everything. And this time it's a very different moment for us right now that we're sitting in because we had a time when we actually put many, many trillions, much, much more than 2008 to the economy to reinflate it, to bring business back to market. We had a tremendous amount of challenging with, with, with shutdowns and the economy and what have you and jobs and teeter-totters and very, very negative GDPs and all that kind of stuff. But eventually we came through it. But three things kind of happened and is happening right now. We had our first pandemic in 100 years. There was never really a global pandemic since the Spanish flu in the early 1900s. We had our first scale war in Europe. We haven't had a war in Europe of any kind like this in 75 years. And like it or not, we lived in a world before the issues in the Ukraine where there was a peace dividend around the world. There was really not that many supply chain issues. And that peace dividend was actually doing really well globally. And I think there was a tremendous amount of trade, a tremendous amount of globalization. And we've kind of stepped back from that. And the last thing that we haven't seen for 40 years is real inflation stepping in because of all the supply chain issues, because of all the stimulus that came into the market. And it kind of leaves us where we are today. And I've been thinking a lot about where we are today. And if I was starting a business or I was running a small business or a medium-sized business or really any business right now, how would I be thinking about things right now where we just kind of got through this kind of pandemic, the war has broken out and inflation is really changing what's going on. And I think that I wanted to give a little bit of advice here before I pass it on to our other speakers. I think that money is going to continue to get a little more expensive, and that means interest rates will go up this year. Capital is going to get harder to raise because as money gets more expensive, a rising tide rises all boats, but it also can lower all boats when it comes down. So as money gets more expensive, it's harder to get. And that's what an interest rate is. And the Bank of Canada and the US Fed and banks around the world are making money more expensive. It's harder to get VC money or funding. What we are seeing out there in the world of getting funded is the best companies, the top 10, 15% are getting funded. Many other people are left in a kind of a bit of a refrigerator right now. They're on pause because VCs and private equity people and investors right now in businesses are just going to be taking less risk for the future to see how things are going. There's a lot of people sitting on their hands. So I think there's going to be two types of companies that everybody looks at right now. There's companies that were kind of running on growth with no profit. And then they always had to have cash to keep growing. I think if you're one of those companies, you're going to have to rethink your business model a little bit. Because if you're just going to be losing money for the next 12, 24, 36 months, you might have some really big challenges because you might not be able to consistently raise that money. The companies that are probably going to do better right now and the ones you want to think about are the ones that are profitable or are going to be profitable with the cash that you have. So if you look at the cash you have, you know, can in that runway, in that time period, can you get profitable? And I think that's going to be really, really critical for your business today because it's going to be uncertain for 2022 and 2023 could be challenging as well. So you're really going to have to look at these numbers. So I'm going to give three pieces of advice right now, and I want to come back to it later with our speakers and to summarize this entire talk. But I call this the back to basics plan. And I think right now 
you need to look at three things. The first thing you need to look at is what I call know your numbers. I will tell you the amount of times that I meet founders or I meet early stage companies that don't really understand their math of their business is far, far too often. They don't understand the revenue and then the gross margin and how to make a profit. They don't really understand those numbers deeply. They just believe they can raise money and keep going. Know your numbers. You really need to stop and know your numbers. You'd be surprised at how much you don't know about your numbers. Number two, profit matters. And if you're not profitable, you got to find a path very quickly to profitability. And in an inflationary environment that we're in now, the companies that are going to do the best are simply the companies that can raise their prices. So if you can't raise your prices, you're going to have some trouble in this year and next year because we're in an inflationary environment. And lastly, my third piece of advice to think about if you're running a business today is that you need to get together with your board, get together with your investors, get together with your advisors, and over-communicate. You know, one of the best chess players in the world, Gary Kasparov, says, you know, it's better to have a, a bad plan than no plan. And I implore you to really over-communicate with your investors and advisors, even on a weekly basis if you have to, to really figure out how you're going to get to profitability and how you're going to expand in your market. The good news is, is we are going to get through this. And I do believe there'll be a time when inflation comes down and the markets come back. But for right now, we're going to go through some choppy times. And it's really important that you think about this idea of coming back to basics. Yeah. So I'd love to just follow up on that, Michael. You brought up some good points. You know, Focus on your pricing, your numbers, uh, over-communication. We're heading into a, a downturn now. We're probably in a bit of a downturn. And you experienced something maybe somewhat like this back in 2008. And I'm sure as a result, you came out stronger. Can you talk a bit about that and maybe what you did to, to ensure that you could actually survive and thrive? Yeah, well, we quickly became profitable. I remember our revenue was going up and our valuation was going down. 2008 was particularly awful. And I don't think we're actually in that situation today because that was a general liquidity prices. It got so bad in 2008 where it was uncertain where the money was, was going to come out of bank machines until the Fed stepped in. So I don't think we're in anything like that today. But I do think we're in a challenging environment. And what I did learn is that it's always better to be able to quickly move to profitability if you can sacrifice some growth for that. And also, don't be afraid to get real with your staff. Get your company together. Maybe you're watching this and you have 5, 10, 15, 20 people. Honesty is the best policy. Sometimes you just have to get them in the room, tell them the truth, and have a kind of a radical openness and get them involved in the solution. You'd be surprised at how people can react to help rowing in the boat than just kind of be kept in the dark. So get people involved. Really think about profitability. And the winners were always the companies that had a propensity to act. If you have a propensity to act and move and make the biggest changes quickly, they were the winners. You talked about, again, profit numbers. Obviously, we all want to increase profit all the time. What kind of numbers or costs or just areas in general would you be looking at if you are a business facing tough times today? Where are there levers that you can pull? Well, I mean, typically people try to bring in a lot more automation into their business, but you should think very quickly, very clearly about a very simple number in business, which is a very, very simple number people don't spend enough time on, which is gross margin. You look at what you sell something for, and then you take away the cost to make that good, and you look at the number you have left with. Now, the world works like this. A hot dog vendor has a gross margin of 40%. The best software companies in the world have about 80, 85% on the public markets. So you're kind of somewhere, hopefully, between a hot dog vendor and that best software company. But whatever you can do to increase that gross margin, maybe it's delivering your product in a different way. Maybe it's changing licensing agreements. Maybe it's renegotiating with AWS on Amazon. 
whatever you can get to make more money drop to the bottom line to decrease your burn to get to profitability is critical. I would spend the most time on your growth and your gross margin and get really into knowing your numbers. Now, you talked also about communicating with your board if you have one or any investors or advisors. How do you recommend going about finding a great advisor or someone who's maybe been through this, has something to share? What should you be looking for in an advisor and how would you recommend that people go about finding them? It's a really good question. I'm going to tell you what not to do when I see a lot. I get to companies and they ask me to advise them and I ask who's on the board and who's their advisors and they'll show me 23 advisors. And they've given everybody a little bit of equity and they have so many advisors, so many cooks in the kitchen. I don't know how you can get anything done. I think you should depend on one or two people that have been there, done that. So let's say you have a company and you have one person who's an expert in the film business or whatever business you're in, and maybe one other advisor who has built and sold and managed companies who's an operator, right? VCs can also play a very, very strong role on helping you figure out what you got to be doing. And there are two types of VCs, ones that have just run money and ones that have run money and been operators. Uh, I would have a propensity to stick to the people that are operators who actually have had to make payroll sometime in their life. But at the end of the day, you want people who've been there, done that. And the way I tell, say it to founders is, you know, you're trying to get from A to B, you can either take the back roads or the 407, right? The highway. And you can take the highway if you get the right one or two advisors. But up above that, you don't want them. Well said. Okay, let's bring in Robert Kavsik, Director and Senior Economist at BMO Capital Markets. And Robert has so much knowledge and expertise to bring here. So I guess the question I'd love to start off with, Robert, businesses across the globe are experiencing an inventory supply shock right now due to the rising costs of materials, global supply shortages. Is this going to last for a while or do you see this disruption as passing relatively quickly? Well, it's it's the it's the big question right now, and I think what we've what we've learned in our our position on this all along has been that there is a fundamental inflation issue in the economy. You know, if you remember a year ago, six months ago, central banks were out there peddling this notion that inflation was transitory. We were just going to kind of sit back with easy monetary policy, and everything was just going to go away and right itself. We sat at our desk looking at the data, looking at what was happening out there from a supply demand perspective, from a psychological perspective in the economy and said, no way. So what, what, what really has happened here is it, it's kind of a combination of both some supply side issues that are just going to take time to resolve, but also demand side pressure that is going to have to be done away with by tighter policy, right? So on the supply side, I mean, there's nothing we can do about Russia invading Ukraine and what's that done, what that has done to oil prices grain prices, food prices at the grocery store. Presumably that's eventually going to normalize and go away at some point. When? Nobody really knows. There are still some you know, supply chain issues in, in parts of Asia because of COVID specifically, where we actually do have, you know, have had physical lockdowns still in parts of China, big manufacturing centers. That stuff will eventually go away as well. But the fundamental issue here is that we've seen an explosion in demand in the economy. Partly because we, we, we saw unprecedented fiscal stimulus transferred down from, you know, from the federal government to the household level. And as, as we always say, this is the only recession in, in history going back to the post-war era where household disposable income actually went up. And it went up a lot, like probably about $300 billion or so above what the baseline savings rate in Canada would have put on household balance sheets through this pandemic. That's... You know, that's a massive amount of saving. It's probably 10 or 12% of GDP. 
So what have people been doing with all this? They've been buying a lot of stuff, right? Physical goods demand because we've kind of been locked down and forced to do stuff around our house and, and, and locally rather than travel and go to restaurants. Physical real goods demand in the U.S. economy, for example, is probably like 30 or 40% above that pre-COVID baseline. And everybody calls this a supply chain problem, when in reality, it's just a massive amount of demand that's been put on a supply chain that just simply can't respond fast enough. So if we're going to actually see inflation go away, it's going to probably come in two parts. One is the part we don't know, which is you know what happens in Ukraine, what happens with resource prices. One is what we do know, and that is higher interest rates are going to cool demand and are going to back off some of this spending on goods, some of the asset price inflation we've seen in areas like housing, and that is well underway. And you know when we look at, say, the interest rate outlook for the rest of this year, we, we really only just got started in terms of higher rates. We probably see a good 150 basis points more of, of tightening from the Bank of Canada this year. So those are the things we're looking at, and that's kind of how we think it's going to gradually evolve over time. Yeah, and now inflation is also at an all-time high. How are businesses dealing with the current situation? And are there strategies maybe that they can use to help stay afloat dur during hard times? Well, so this is like this is something we get we get asked a lot about. So our role in this from a macroeconomic perspective is more trying to understand what's driving inflation and when it might go away and you know what what the consequence of that might be, right? Rather than giving advice to businesses specifically. And on that point, I would think, you know, I would say you just have to continue to be very agile as businesses have been through the pandemic, right? And businesses did, for the most part, a great job of navigating the pandemic. Right now, what they're going to have to navigate is, is inflation that's more persistent than they would have thought and a very quick and aggressive tightening cycle by the central banks. So unlike the last tightening cycle where we had this deflationary credit event back in 2008, 2009 that took 10 years to come out of, this is a demand side inflation shock where interest rates are rising fast and they're going to rise above levels that we saw at the end of the past cycle. So from that perspective, I think businesses need to understand that this is different. And from a financing and a you know cost of money perspective, it's going to look a lot different than the past cycle. I guess the other side is Michael touched on, on a focus on gross margins. And that's a real challenge because you do have input costs rising on the one side of the equation. But at the same time, there is a lot of demand and a lot of liquidity out there where firms are showing that they do have power to actually push price increases through the households because the job market and, and finances are actually in pretty strong condition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Michael, let's bring you back into the conversation there. So I just want to get your thoughts on kind of how companies are dealing with the supply chain issues as well as kind of inflation. Anything you're seeing there and any advice you're giving to the companies that you're advising? Yeah, look, expect long lead times. I mean, it, 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 you know, I, I can give you some anecdotal because I've just finished building a house after in it to two years. And I can tell you that if you're ordering some certain refrigerators, you're going to be backed up 15 months right now. It, it is very severe. There's not just a demand issue. There's just, you know, issues with getting enough microchips. It's the same thing in cars. And it, it's just broadly a problem. I think you have to over-prepare. You have to over-order. Look, eventually what's going to happen in, as an in investing, everything reverts to the mean meaning that everything will eventually come back down. Everything will eventually come back to a place where it's normalized. I just think we're going to be in this for 12 to 18 months at least. And just simply because we're just trying to restart the engine. One of the things you have to think about very carefully is that capitalism was never meant to be stopped. We literally in April of 2020 stopped capitalism. There was no book, there was no paper, there was no theory for any 
any PhD ever that said, we're just going to pause capitalism for a year and we're going to tell everybody to stay at home and shut every business. And trying to restart that engine is what's happening now. And it's a very painful process. I think you have to be very mindful of your supply chains. And again, the winners right now, the ones that can increase their prices, the ones that can be more nimble, the ones that can think about alternatives. But honestly, I really, really think that, you know, you have to do everything you can to go all the way to the source to get your materials. You have to go further, longer and harder to get what you really, really need for your business. And even then it can be really challenging. Yeah. So Robert, we're also seeing a challenging interest rate environment. Interest rates are climbing, impacting the cost and access of borrowing. What should owners do to prepare their business and the financial security of their businesses at this point in time? Well, I think, I, I, you know, for the better part of the last year, we were pretty loudly banging the table to lock in your financing, lock in borrowing costs, lock in mortgage costs, all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, that, that ship has now kind of sailed a little bit because longer term interest rates have backed up and the market now is starting to now does reflect the reality that central banks are well behind the curve and they're going to have to tighten policy pretty aggressively here. So I would just keep in mind that if you're on variable rate product or if you have a lot of borrowing tied to prime, that the moves that we've seen so far are really just the first couple steps. And I mean, our official forecast right now for the Bank of Canada is three more 50 basis point rate hikes through the rest of this year. So through the fall. So another 150 basis points total of rate hikes coming down the pipeline. You know, put that in the context of a mortgage market, for example, where we were borrowing at one and a half percent in Canada during the pandemic. By the end of this year, the whole mortgage market's going to be up in the four to five percent range, if not if not slightly higher. So that's a major adjustment in, in financing costs. And I guess to go along with that, just you know, liquidity in, in this environment as as financing gets more expensive and there's a lot of uncertainty on there out there in terms of input costs and and whether or not we can pass on selling prices and stuff like that. So from, from a cost of capital perspective, I think those are the things to keep in mind. And maybe one other thing here is that central banks, not only through the pricing of money, but through the, just the amount of actual liquidity out there in the economy, through quantitative yeah. tightening, there's, there's going to be quite a bit of a pullback coming down the pipeline on that front as well, both in Canada and the US. Probably a good $1.5 trillion or so of, of, of tightening at the Federal Reserve level in, in the US economy as they unwind those balance sheets. So that's, the, that's, that's, that's more or less the world that we're seeing right now. It's a really interesting point, but just so everybody watching this knows what Robert is speaking about, when you increase interest rates, you would probably decrease asset prices like houses, like things that you have, including probably the value of your business. Because as money gets more expensive, it can, the debt can only cover so much, right? And, and what he was saying about Extracting liquidity from the market is very, very, very significant. What the US Fed does, which is the world's reserve currency, it's the most important currency in the world. When they get new, their bonds back, if they don't roll them over and they just literally cut them, they're extracting liquidity out of the market and raising interest rates. So in 2001, 08, and even in 2020, the government steps in and pushes money into the market. And gets everybody excited, lowers rates, gets everybody going, boom, 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 boom. That's why interest rates go, uh, going down and then housing prices going up. The exact opposite's happening now, but we have not been on this climb for 40 years. This is the key distinction what's happening right now. And it's not going to suddenly turn around in a couple of months. So you really need to prepare. So do you have any advice? I ask, I'll ask both of you this, Michael and, uh, and Robert. What advice would you give to a new or even an established business right now to actually practically manage through these times? My Michael, why don't you start? Yeah, I think it's mainly the stuff I've been saying. Know your numbers. 
right? Get to profitability. And if you're not profitable, I'm going to be straight up with you. You have an issue. And if you, if you are going to run out of money in 2022, I'm going to say it's going to be challenging for you to raise. You're going to have to raise on terms you're not going to like if you're a software company in the tech world, which is, you know, for the past how many years, you just literally put up your hand and somebody gives you another couple of million bucks. That's gone. That's stopped, right? So now we're working in a different world. When the greatest tech companies in the world, like Microsoft, Google, Meta, are down, you're down further than that. And that's the thing that people don't understand. And so you really, really have to get to the core numbers and profitability of your business. You know, and I will say that I heard people screaming up profitability after 01, after 08, and even in 2020 and early 2020. Wall Street also has a very, very, very short memory. And in a couple of years from now, when interest rates come back down, they'll be like, don't worry about profit. Let's just grow at all costs again. But for now, for the next 12, 24 months, it's going to be about profit. Yeah. And uh, Robert, any, anything else you wanted to close off with there? Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, maybe I'll just summarize, I guess, three takeaways from this back and forth from, from my perspective at a macro level. And obviously, everybody's business is, is going gonna, gonna to differ what they take away from these three things. But one is that inflation is persistent. We know that now. We've known it for a while. I think everybody knows it now. And it's going to take some time to go away. Cost of capital is rising. We've seen the early stages of that, but I, again, I would say we're just getting started with respect to rate hikes. And when you combine all of that, what we have is, is now a kind of a deflationary pressure on asset prices because that cost of capital is rising. So we are seeing things like, like housing equities, especially longer duration equities that are tied more to future growth. And, you know, and as Michael touched on, maybe the value of various individual businesses as well get kind of compressed by this higher cost of capital and a higher discount rate. So those are those are the themes we see through the end of this cycle. When the cycle ends, at some point, I think like you know the most likely situation is that the Federal Reserve and the Bank of Canada have to tighten us into a slowdown at some point to to break the back of inflation. Whether that's next year, twenty twenty four, kind of remains to be seen. But the risk a few years out is that you know we rinse and repeat this whole thing again. The economy turns down, central banks cut rates, and we start over. Hopefully, in a more normal world rather than the one we just came out of. Thank you for listening to Business Unplanned, a podcast brought to you by BMO. For more information on how you can prepare your business for the future, visit bmo.com slash smallbusinessresourcehub. BMO Smarter Investing is a podcast that will help you make smarter investing decisions. Join top BMO economists, Douglas Porter, Sal Gautieri, and Jennifer Lee for monthly insights on markets, economy, growth, inflation, and so much more. A deep dive into the trends and developments impacting our world today. Tune in to BMO Smarter Investing wherever you listen to podcasts.